I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bell is here covering everything with Wisconsin Athletics. We've got a very packed show for you guys today. The interview with David Mormon at the back half, and then the, some recruiting news at the front half. We'll get our news of the day, as we always do. Um, a lot to talk about, a lot to get to. So, Matt, how are you doing today? Doing all right. It's just uh, it's a crazy world we live in. You know, you think you overcome one or start to overcome one hurdle uh, in our world with the pandemic, and obviously new things pop up. So um, doing all right. Uh, how are you doing, man? How's uh, being back in the Madison area? It's good. It's good. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's something that, uh, yeah, like you said, it's one one punch after another uh, right now in the world, and it's, it's unfortunate, and hopefully we can come together uh, as a country to heal and, and improve on some of these things that, that we've had real uh, unfair and unjust uh, consequences from. But as for me, I, I, I'm good. I, I think uh, we're, we're trying our best as a country to get back open in terms of the coronavirus. I think we've got some positive news on the sports end, um, which we'll talk about here in a little bit uh, in terms of college football. And uh, I know other sports are working back. So despite you know the, the terrible things that are going on in the world right now, hopefully that can help bring some of it back, bring some positive light, because I know it is only sports, and that's the least of our worries at this point with everything that's going on, but it's also a nice healing mechanism for people to be able to to watch a game and enjoy things like that and and kick back and and relax and maybe take their minds off some of the struggles that's going on. So we're we're working our way back on the sports end, which is is definitely nice. Yeah, hopefully hopefully this 45 minutes or hour is is enough time to just kind of give people a break from – the constant bombardment of what's happening in the in the news, and um, hopefully we can, like you say, come together to push for social change and the betterment of the lives of everyone. Because there's there's definite room for improvement in our world right now. Yes, we definitely need it. All right, you ready to get to our news of the day? We've got a nice new little soundbite to transition us into that Matt uh, worked on. So you ready to get at it? Yeah, let's do this, man. Here's what's happening. All right, guys, it's time for our news of the day. If you haven't seen it, we've been we've been following the uh, bat signal for UW football and the recruiting. If you haven't seen it already today, Wisconsin football uh, dropped their new recruiting, essentially a page um, that, that, that can kind of be the direct source for a lot of recruiting stuff. I know, of course, you guys come to Bucky's fifth quarter for a lot of that stuff, but that'll be a source to get it directly, essentially, from the horse's mouth on some of these uh, announcements. So I think the page looks good. I think the Twitter handle will be nice for 
ourselves and for fans to look for. And then with the announcement of the new site, there was also a uh, commitment. And there's a couple other bat signals that we think are still out there. Um, so it was really there was three of them going at one time. But we did get a commitment today. And thankfully, Matt and I waited to record this because uh, we were going to record right before the news dropped. But thankfully, we uh, we waited and we're doing it a little later in the day so we can get to this Daryl Peterson commitment. Uh, three-star defensive end out of Akron, Ohio. Uh, listed at the defensive end position size-wise, I think a lot of Badger, you know, people around Badger football kind of see him more as an outside linebacker and edge. I know the defensive end outside linebacker position kind of can get rolled into and defined as one. Uh, you know, it's 6'3", 240. He's about the same size as Zach Bond was this season. So you kind of see outside linebacker with him. Um, in terms of his pass rushing abilities, he's pretty pretty strong at that. He, I know he had a great year in terms of sacks at his high school uh, this past season. But, Matt, what did you make of Daryl Peterson and his commitment? Because I know the Badger uh, recruiting guys were, were heavy after this commitment and think they really got a, a really solid player in Daryl Peterson. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a nice way to kick off the new uh, Twitter handle that the Badgers have been putting out there. I, I think it's a great idea. I know other schools have been using it, like LSU and, and other schools around the country, um, trying to consolidate information, give a, a landing spot for recruits. Uh, but, you know, anytime you can beat out um, a team like Alabama, who's in who is in his top three, and a team that he was uh, seriously interested in, they were seriously interested in him, um, you got to be happy. I mean, you look at it, 6'3", 235, he's, he's a great edge prospect. You know, he, he's a, a kid that if you add an inch or two on him, I think you, you've got, you know, the whole package. I think he's a guy that could easily uh, transition to D-end, um, but, but I think he, he's a guy that they'll definitely start out at outside edge, uh, at, on the outside linebacker. But beating Michigan, Alabama, West Virginia, Maryland, Michigan State, Minnesota, uh, that that's that's good company to keep, and I think this is a top of the board guy that the Badgers have wanted for a long time, and and they closed the deal on, and I think it it probably is going to spark possibly more coming. You know, we know there's at least two more, uh, you know, here to pop in the next couple days probably, but uh, I think this is just the the start or or a continuation of some good news on the recruiting front for the Badgers. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, you we saw the bat signal kind of go up uh, last week a couple times. Didn't get an announcement until today. We, we we saw everybody tweeting about the new Twitter page and figured that we'd have some sort of announcement today on someone. Um, and it was an, a a big one. You know, he's he's a solid player. Uh, his his tape. The, not only can he come off the edge and and really get to the quarterback, he'll also blow right through a guy he's not not a guy that has to just use pass rush moves to get by you. he'll come right through you uh, so I think he's he's a really nice piece for this class that has landed some really solid uh, you know rush you know players you know in the 2020 class you've got or 2019 class 2020 class you've got Caden Johnson you've got uh, AO in this group of 2021 so a lot of good pass rushers uh, to come into Wisconsin which when you think of Wisconsin of course on the defensive side of the ball it's kind of been uh, linebacker, uh, and and that's more of an inside position where they've had a lot of success. But the, the Badgers are starting to do a lot better on the recruiting trail in terms of getting these outside, you know, pure pass rush type guys. And I think that uh, really sets up them, you know, nicely in this class of 2021. I know the rankings. I believe the Badgers jumped up two spots in the national rankings with Peterson's commitment. So it's it's a big get for the Badgers. 
Yeah, I mean, you you watch his film, and and like you said, he he's he's a guy who who plays really hard. You can see the fire he plays with. Kind of reminds you of Malik Reed, where you see him make big hits, and you see him get really jazzed and jacked up about it. Um, you know, he, he's a guy who plays really violent with his hands, which is, I think, he's something you really want for a defensive end or any edge player for that matter. And and I think he's he's a guy you see the physical the physical traits that you want and. Um, the raw tools that you want in a in a good edge player, and I think the Badgers got a really good one, and I, I think they're going to just continue to stockpile, like you said, um, at that uh, at that DN slash outside linebacker type position where you can add a little weight on one of these guys if you get four or five really good outside linebackers uh, that give you some positional versatility that. One or two of them is going to end up inside, and a couple of them are going to end up outside, and you just let the athletes roam from there. And he's definitely a guy you want on your team. You saw uh, he put out his grades uh, just a few days ago, or last week, I believe it was, and you saw all A's. And, uh, you know, you, you put together just how nice and quality of a person he is with the the sheer violence that he plays on the field with and that's what you want in uh in a player of him on the on your defense yeah a, a prototypical kind of wisconsin student athlete that way so that's exciting get for the badgers uh and hopefully that's the start of uh a nice little recruiting hot streak like we said already there's been a couple other bat signals put out no other announcements there's been speculation on names but until we hear commitments you know we don't want to touch on them to get you guys too excited uh so any any new stuff we'll uh we're, we're probably expecting maybe another one before the next show we'll see but if not we'll be sure to touch on it uh on our next show after that all right our next story uh is another positive one you know we talked in the beginning we were talking about everything that's going on in the world about sports kind of working their way back uh today jeff pork just put out a story uh for UW, uh, essentially saying voluntary workouts are going to start up next week on campus uh, for the Wisconsin football team. So everything that's going on with college football, trying to figure out a plan, all these sporting organizations are trying to figure out a new course of action and as they adjust to this new world, that's definitely a welcome sign. So what do you make of that story as we start to get some guys back on campus? It's definitely positive momentum in a good way. Wisconsin has kind of said, and most people in the industry have said, you really need six weeks of uh, of camp. And in order to kind of get to that, people have said you really need to be having these these workouts start sometime in June. You know, they said basically by June 15th. The Badgers starting up on, it sounds like the 8th, is kind of the time when players can start coming back um, on campus. It'll, it'll be small groups, small group workouts. You know, if you listen to our interview with Bernie uh, last week, he, he kind of hinted at that, that Jim Leonard was putting in things in place uh, as well as the rest of the staff to, to get things ready for uh, Kalaji and, uh, and the strength training staff to get these guys into small groups to work out, get them in shape so that come an actual football season potentially, uh, they're ready to go and you can you can really have players in their best shape. I think it's just a great um, step in the right direction uh, and, and hopefully a way for um, these young people to get back together in a lot of ways because we know um, that, you know, in, especially in times like these, it's just to have that brotherhood of people together will be great for them as well as the fact that they'll be able to go in and work out, um, do some of the um, – work on the side where you actually have a football and are able to throw it around and do those things. 
um, away from the coaching staff as well, something that they really haven't been able to do as much with each other. It's been more of, you know, maybe you're going to your high school field and doing that with some, some random buddies from home. So I think it's it's definitely a big move, um, and I think Wisconsin's just the latest in the line of a lot of teams that are kind of doing it. You know, a lot of teams made waves uh, last week when they were announcing, hey, we're doing it on the 8th or the 15th or the 3rd. Um, but Wisconsin kind of just subtly just put it out today. So uh, it's it's definitely exciting, though, for the players and for anybody who's really hoping for a, a football season to start off uh, when the Badgers take on Indiana. Yeah, exactly. It's a step in the right direction for sure. We, you know, nobody wanted to be the first program to do it. Uh, everybody was kind of waiting and, and trying to figure out, you know, the NCAA's recommendation. Uh, but they said, you know, systems go at, at some capacity. I think anytime you're getting these guys back together, you're getting them working out, getting them healthy, that hopefully they can uh, make an impact and, and get things ready uh, to to really, you know, get ready for a football season. It's not like something where uh, you can show up and, and just be ready to go. It, it takes weeks in the weight room. It takes weeks of training takes weeks of, of studying playbooks, things like that, and especially for younger guys that are trying to develop without uh, you know possibilities of spring ball, it's going to be even harder. So it's it's nice to see these guys that are going to be back on campus and, and working towards college football. So that'll be uh, an exciting and, and welcome change as we work towards a, a full college football season. Uh, speaking of the college football season, if everything goes as planned. Now, I, I want to preface this, you know, the, this next news bulletin that we're going to talk about. This is all speculation. Um, our, our colleagues over uh, our sister site at SB Nation uh, for Notre Dame uh, had some credible sources that they uh, essentially quoted about a possible change in venue for Wisconsin and Notre Dame's upcoming contest in 2020 and then, of course, in 2021. So uh, their sources said that uh, the game this upcoming season would be in Notre Dame and the following year be at Camp Randall. Uh, I believe Drew reached out to the UW Athletic Department and they basically said no, that wasn't the case. That's still kind of ongoing. But there's certainly been rumblings of a possible change in venue. So what do you make uh, of that whole story? Because it is kind of interesting that there's been some talk about it. There's been saying yes and no and all these things like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like conjecture at this point. I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of just pieces up in the air across college football, or in really just our world in general right now, um, based off everything that's going on. But I, I think that uh, it, if there's fans in attendance, I think if there was a, a switch in venue, uh, it definitely wouldn't be in the Badgers' benefit for at least in 2020. Um, but I think it would obviously be in their benefit in 2021. Um, however, if there's no fans, it, it's something that could definitely benefit the Badgers because um, while Lambeau is a tr- tremendous experience, you know, having been there, it's, it's awesome at the pageantry of what it is and everything about the aura of Lambeau is great. But you, you look at it, instead of the Badgers having to go down to Chicago, they would have a, a home game, you know, with fans in 2021. It's not like they're going to make a deal that, hey, you can't have fans in 2020, but then, hey, when we go to your place, you you, you can't have fans either. That's not how it's going to work. So um, it could benefit the Badgers in that way if it were to happen. But I think right now I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes either way. I think it's all going to have to do with um, anything involving the um, the Packers and anything going on with NFL uh, to make those changes to result in it because I think it has less to do with, hey, I don't think – it's not like I think Notre Dame or Wisconsin wants out of this Lambeau, um, you know, 
neutral site game. I think it's more of where they're trying to make precautions just in case something were to happen. But I think at this point, it's a, it's a go for Lambo, but we'll see because it's, it's all just kind of up in the air, just like everything else right now. Yeah, it's an interesting story for sure. I, and I think, you know, as a fan, you know, from my perspective, I'm normally not a huge fan of these neutral site games at NFL stadiums. Now, Lambeau is kind of a different story. Uh, I was at the LSU-Wisconsin game a few years ago. I thought that was awesome and, you know, and as well done as you could do it. But in general, you know, these opening games type seasons, these Chick-fil-A season openers, and I've just never been a huge fan of those. I like football games at home stadium. So from that perspective, it, it, it would be cool to see, you know, Wisconsin traveling uh, to, to, to Notre Dame Stadium and, and Notre Dame coming to Camp Randall. As much as I loved the game at Lambeau last time, it doesn't beat a, a Camp Randall-type atmosphere. So whichever way it goes, I, I think it'll still be a, a positive sign for the Badgers. You're still playing a world-class college football program in a special venue, whether it be in Notre Dame uh, in, in Camp Randall in 20, uh, 2021 or whether it be uh, in, in Lambeau Field. These are all prestigious places that you can have a pretty solid football environment. So either way, it, whether it shakes out that way or not, I know there's a lot up in the air. And like you said, I don't think Notre Dame or Wisconsin want you know out of that by any means. But it's definitely going to be something to watch and pay attention to with uh, how college football starts up. Maybe these neutral site games are – a little bit harder to do because I'm sure the Green Bay Packers are worrying about if there's, uh, you know, people in the stadium more often than not. How does that change, you know, how they plan to attack this fall? So it'll be interesting to see. But I, I think right now it still sounds like Lambo's a go. But there's definitely it sounds like there's been some conversations otherwise. So we'll we'll just have to see. Yeah, it's totally a kind of a crapshoot at this point. Um, but then you saw some transfer news um, in, from some former Badgers with Bradrick Shaw going to Cal and Christian Bell, actually, who was originally going to Illinois, decommitting from Illinois to to reevaluate his situation. What would you make of those uh, two announcements? You know, I think for uh, the Bradrick Shaw one first, to be honest, I kind of forgot that he still had eligibility. Um, but as a, as a Badger fan, we have saw what Bradrick Shaw could do early in his career, and the guys battled through so much. Um, so I, I wish him nothing but the best, even more than that. You know, I'll be watching Cal games, rooting for him, and hoping that he's going to be on the field and making an impact uh, for the Golden Bears. Of course, playing under uh, former defensive coordinator for Wisconsin, Justin Wilcox. So hopefully, that's a good spot where he feels comfortable. Um, and and like like I said, I, I'm going to be rooting for the the very best for him. He's a guy that's you know before Jonathan Taylor, Bradrick Shaw looked like he was going to be that next dominating running back for UW and of course injuries and, and setbacks really unhinged that but we've seen talented you know spurts from him when he was healthy so I, I hope he can get back to that level I hope he comes to the Pac-12 and, and just dominates um, for Cal because I think it'd be really exciting to see a former Badger and he's a guy that uh, you know he did as as much as he could to be on the field with Wisconsin it's hard to get on the field when Jonathan Taylor's in front of you um, but he got some carries this past year for Wisconsin, which is cool to see, and now you hope that he just gets a, a fresh start and a new chance for him. And then Christian Bell, I, I thought that was interesting. I know we didn't get a lot of details on that, uh, but he seemed to be you know, going to Illinois and, and happy with the decision, and something sort of came up. So we wish him the best wherever he ends up. Another excellent uh, player that things just didn't really work out at UW, but uh, we wish him the best uh, wherever he goes. What did you make of those two? 
Yeah, I, I think you, you said what needed to be said on that. I think it's just both uh, it's newsworthy just because they are former Badgers. It's going to be interesting to see where they, they get in terms of um, and what impact they can make at their new homes. Um, you know, obviously Christian Bell is still looking for a, a new landing spot. I wouldn't be surprised then if he went to ended up at Cal. That would be a, a logical place as well for him, given that they are former high school teammates as well as uh, both know Justin Wilcox from their time at UW. So we'll see what happens with it. It's, it's kind of a wait-and-see mode, but definitely um, best of luck to both of them. And, and yeah, I'll be, I'll be hoping to see some Bradrick Shaw running through um, the secondary in uh, some Pac-12 after dark, hopefully. So we'll see. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be great to see. you got to love uh, the Pac-12 after dark. And if you can watch uh, maybe two or three – former Badgers players or coaches, that's always uh, a nice cherry on top. Uh, I think that wraps up everything for our news of the day, guys. So uh, we'll go ahead and kick it over to our interview with David Mormon. I have to say, you know, last week we had Matt Bernstein on. I think it was one of our best interviews. I think it was a great conversation. Uh, And before the show, we kind of talked about how he was going to try and follow up uh, the Hebrew Hammer. Uh, He said he might have a little trouble following that up, but I personally think uh, David did a great job and it was a lot of fun to talk to. And I, I, I have to think Matt uh, is feeling the same way because he was an excellent conversation. Yeah, David's a really nice guy and he's really thoughtful and funny guy. So I hope you guys liked the interview. And, and he kind of talks a little bit about the the team last year, but also looking forward to the team this year and gives a little update on his life now uh, post-football. So hope you guys enjoy it and uh, be kind to one another is the big thing going forward, folks. That's a great way to put it, guys. We'll uh, kick it over to our interview after a couple quick ad reads. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, Badger fans, we now welcome on a very special guest, David Mormon, uh, former Wisconsin lineman. You guys probably already all know the name, but if not, he was part of the illustrious Hippo Package, which we'll talk about a little bit more, and a key caliber for this uh, past year's team um, and some other strong teams for Wisconsin. So firstly, David, uh, thanks for taking the time to join us today. Yeah, of course, guys. I really appreciate you guys reaching out to me. Um, I know everyone's kind of sitting at home and looking for stuff to do. I know especially I am, so I appreciate you guys uh, giving me the time and opportunity to talk to you guys. I'm excited to most definitely, most definitely. We love having uh, players of all sorts. We had Matt Bernstein on last week, and uh, and now you on. So hopefully, we, uh, you know our our listeners are enjoying the guest that way. Well, I won't be as uh, interesting as the Hebrew Hammer, but I <laughs> that. I'm gonna. I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> it's a hard one to follow up for sure, but I think you'll do you'll do just as good. Um, let, let's get right into some questions. I mean, we talked about it a little bit already. Uh, you know, you were part of some amazing teams at Wisconsin. What kind of stands out uh, about your time at, at UW and as part of so many so, so many great teams at UW? Oh man, well when I think with my like think about my football career, I kind of think the first thing that pops in my in my head is just the friendships I've made. Um, obviously, like you know, it's time to recruit great players and we coach them, you develop them, you turn in, you know, you see the results in the field. But um, I think the thing I'm most proud of, of like all the teams I was on is we just generally have good guys on the team. 
just good dudes you want to hang out with every day and go to work with. And I think for the most part, while I was there, you know, the, the friendships you made and um, the relationships you had with the coaches, just the whole family atmosphere, I really think paid off. Um, when we like went out and actually played on the field against, you know, some great opponents. So um, that's kind of the main thing I think about. But, I mean, obviously, like you said, some amazing teams. Um, you know, the first team that kind of pops in my mind is the um, Orange Bowl team. Um, you know, I think that was probably the most talented team I was on that year. Um, JT was only a freshman, which is just kind of crazy to think about. Um, and the success he had, and you know, obviously in the offensive line, we had a great group uh, with Dieter, um, you know, Bo, all those guys. Um, you know, and defensively, TJ was amazing that year. You had uh, Sitchy, you had, um, you know, Sheedy up front, you had all, all, the, all the big boys. And, you know, that's probably the most talented team. But personally, you know, I saw I saw the field this past year in a more significant role. So the 2019-2020 season will always be special to me. Yeah, I mean, you had a huge impact on the team last year, and really you, you've kind of had a lot of different roles, but primarily as, a, as an offensive line, and Wisconsin's known for their long legacy of, of really talented offensive lines. What was it like to be kind of part of that elite group or that fraternity, um, and why do you think Wisconsin does so well in dominating up front? Um, well, first off, I mean, it's just coming through, you know, the recruiting process in high school and as being a kid from the Midwest and growing up watching Big Ten football, when you're getting recruited, um, all of a sudden, you know, you have all you have Wisconsin call, you know, come knocking. It's kind of that in itself is just a super cool experience, experience because of the guys and the legacy that um, that older guys, the guys who've come before me have made. Like, you know, I grew up watching Joe Thomas. I remember, you know, when he was drafted, he was fishing with his dad, and I thought that was like the coolest thing of all time. And you know, you, guys like you know Kevin Zeidler, Gabe Creamy, even go go further, you, you know, Joe Rudolph, the the OG and Panos, the OG guys, and you have you know obviously Chris McIntosh. Aaron Gibson, some great guys along the way. So there's just like kind of a a, a, a prestigious um, reputation these guys have kind of built. So um, growing up in the West, like just getting the you know experience to commit and get recruited, and you know to have the opportunity to have a school like Madison be interested in me it was just I thought it was the coolest thing. And you know the funny thing is though, like they had the reputation, but I knew nothing about Madison, Wisconsin before um, I was getting recruited. And you know all of a sudden. I go to Madison for a visit, and at this point in time, uh, Coach Anderson was, you know, he was the coach. And, um, you know, I, I come into a junior day in the middle of January, and I pull up on John Nolan, and I see the Capitol lit up, covered in snow, and I go the old-fashioned with my dad. And I had, like, some cheese curds, and I got to experience it. was kind of for the first time. And then that was just a Friday night, and I thought it was, you know, the coolest city. And then the next day, you go watch, you know, Frank Kaminsky play basketball, and you, you know, get a chance to see the facilities you know, speak with the coaches and meet some of the players up close. And um, just having that opportunity, I was like, holy cow, this this place is different. Like, there is no better place in the country. I have to come here. And from then on, man, like, you just kind of get um, indoctrinated into, into, the, into the program. And especially being in that room, um, you know, when I first got there, Dan Volts and Tyler Merritt were the two seniors in the team. And those guys both, you know, were starters for three, three seasons. Um, you know, we're all Big Ten talent. Um, you know, Tyler's obviously still in the NFL, and Dan was by far, like, the most intelligent player and, um, you know, I've ever played with. And those guys just got done blocked from Melvin Gordon. So you walk into that room, and right away you're like, holy cow, like, this is this is crazy. Those, you know, you grew up watching those guys. And all of a sudden, you know, they're they're sitting in the back of the room and near the front, and, you know, you you got you to gotta learn from them. And um, from then on, you know, it was just kind of like taking, taking everything with, you know, taking everything in stride, just trying to make the most of it, trying to learn so it was much so much knowledge, and then 
Um, you know, I also think I was just really lucky. Like, all the guys, you know, who I played with majority of my career, especially in that room, were just great dudes. You know, some of them are, like, my best friends for life. Um, and just having the opportunity to kind of grow up in that room and go to work with those guys every day is truly special and uh, definitely something that I miss being done with, but I know I have those friendships for the rest of my life. Most definitely. You know, that's a great answer. I think the driving in on John Nolan and then going to the old-fashioned should be a recruiting pitch for every player, it sounds like, because that, that, you can't really beat that. Uh, you really can't. Your first dollar <laughs> in Madison, that's what you're getting cheese curds, and, you know, you're watching, you know, I think my dad got old-fashioned. He was stuck to that point. And then, you know, with Wisconsin law, you can, if the, if the place is willing to, you can have, you know, a few sips and not get in trouble for it. So I was definitely, definitely enjoying that whole aspect of it as well. <laughs> Well, that sounds like a great moment for you, you know, early on as you try to develop into your career. But you, you talked about this past season a lot already with, you know, how special it was with you seeing a little bit more of the field. Was there, you know, you, you played in a ton of big games. You talked about the Rose Bowl and, and some big games at Camp Randall. Was there a favorite game or kind of moment uh, from your career that, that sticks out to you? Um, you know, this, this, this season was just kind of the whole thing. You know, I wish, you know, the whole thing was just when I look back on it was just, kind of just truly special to me, the, the entire thing. And um, But I guess, like, you know, there's, there's three moments that kind of stick out to me. Um, the first one, like, as you guys as you guys know, like, at the beginning of the season coming out of camp, I was kind of doing a utility role, just doing a variety of different things, wasn't actually getting, you know, the actual starting spot. And then, um, you know, game one against South Florida, I played um, tight end. I was like a, you know, I got, I think, about 12 plays of tight end in that first game. And, you know, I really enjoyed that role, and I was, you know, I was ready to kind of, you know, make that my role for the rest of the season. But then Brust, you know, got a little banged up. And so all of a sudden we're playing Central Michigan, um, which happens to be the first school that ever offered me, um, you know, week two. And I, get, you know, I get the nod that I'm starting. And, you know, at, at that point, it's just, it's your fifth year. Um, you know, it's, it's a Michigan school. It's a school that I have friends who go to. I'm very familiar with. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, after just grinding for five years, you get the opportunity to start a game. And at that point, you never know what it's going to be. You know, obviously, Brust is a great player, and he's going to come back. So, you you, you know, you never you think that um, – or you don't know this can be your only start ever in your career. So, I remember, you know, running out of the tunnel right before game, and they play that U2 song, and they have, like, all the, the highlights. And, you know, I'm, a, I'm an emotional emotional guy, but usually when, you know, it's four games, I'm just kind of ready to go, and it's all business. And not going to run out of that tunnel, you know, hearing your name get called for that first start, definitely – Definitely got me. It was an emotional experience. Um, you know, something that, you know, was super special to me, super special to my family. Um, little did I know that, you know, eventually down the road, I would end up earning, you know, the starting spot at left guard. And, um, you know, another game that sticks out to me is Iowa, just having, having those two tough losses no one wants to have. And then, you know, coming back and rushing for over 300 yards and having JT set an unbelievable game, have a great game of the offensive line and then having that drive at the end of the game to kind of steal the victory after those guys came back and scored. Um, you know, I, I don't think I've ever been as sore in my life as I was the next day after that game. But it was it was so fun having those memories with the guys, you know, Tyler, Cole, you know, Erds and Bruss having that. And, you know, everyone else on the line, the whole team was just super, super special to me. But um, kind of selfishly, my favorite game was I grew up a Michigan State fan, and I also grew up 15 minutes from Ann Arbor. So, you know, beating the crap out of Michigan, um, that was pretty fun. And then my majority of my family – are Spartans. So, and like my best friends from high school are all at Michigan State. And uh, for that game, you know, I uh, I was rotating in with Selsner at right guard, and I got a lot of playing time. And then that was when the Hippo package was in full effect. And uh, you know, having I probably had like 65 people at that game, 
Um, and afterwards, like, rent out the Essen house. So, like, just having an unbelievable game, you know, just kind of destroying their, you know, their defense was very highly ranked coming to that point in the season and kind of just getting after those guys and um, playing a pretty a pretty solid game myself and then having an opportunity to kind of celebrate with the guys on the team and then go celebrate with my family and rub it in their face a little bit at the Essen house and do a little polka dancing was uh, was pretty special to me. Nice. It's always good to celebrate with the Booter Five. Um, oh yeah, definitely, definitely. There is a the Hofbra was flowing that night. <laughs> um, earlier in the season, it, it kind of you know you had some rumblings about yourself at the next level, but you kind of had to go and choose your career path, and, and you ultimately uh, went to a, a different route. So, how's the new job, and and how are you liking that? You know, man, I actually I haven't started yet. I start August um, 24th. That's like my official start date. Um, but I, it was one of those things when I when that um, kind of early in my career. Um, as you guys, you know, you guys have covered for a while, and you guys know. But I wasn't. You see in the field, I was a special teams guy. I was in the two deep. Um, and I think it was like after you know the Orange Bowl years, I finished up my third year, and all of a sudden I'm like, you know what? Like, you know, the the guys, the five guys ahead of me, they're staying for another year, and then. Who really knows when my career is going to happen? I was like, I need to start, you know, really looking to see what I can do with with, with my life if um, if football doesn't work out. And I kind of got, I had an internship at M3 Insurance in Madison that following summer, and um, I started taking full advantage of just all of the different career mixtures that was kind of put together. I, we, you know, Brittany um, in the career development office, she was huge, huge help to me. And then just kind of just like meeting, you know, um, alumni and boosters um, at different events, just talking to them, picking their brain, um, you know, about their careers and just making connections. It's all stuff I got super excited about and I started to thrive on. So going into this past season, I, you know, originally it looked like I was going to be a utility guy. I wasn't going to have, you know, a chance to really kind of, you know, get those games to kind of put my stuff on tape. I was fully prepared to enjoy the season, make the most of it, be the best team I can be, and then at the end of it, move on from football. And it's funny because then all of a sudden I start playing and I, I had a couple of good games and all of a sudden the NFL like seemed like an opportunity. Um, it's something that I wasn't fully like prepared for. Honestly, when the when it came up, I remember Coach K came to me one day, um, like Sunday after a game, I was like, hey, man, like, you know, scouts are starting to ask about you. Um, like, what's your, what's your plans for the future? And, you know, and, and it was super flattering, and um, I was I was just honored. It was super cool to talk about with, your, you know, your friends and family. But when it came down to it, um, you know, I I went after the season, I kind of, like, took a – I talked to Coach Chris, Coach Rudolph, um, took a little time with my family to think about it, and I just realized that I didn't have much left in the tank when it came to football. Um, you know, I kind of gave everything I had in this last season, and, you know, my body – you know, I, I was lucky to have some great health while I was at Wisconsin – but um, I was just ready for the next step, ready for the next chapter to move on and apply um, all the lessons I learned on the field and off the field from the game of football and just from the University of Wisconsin and different field and kind of uh, kind of approach it head on, man. So I'm super excited. Um, the past six months have actually just been enjoying time with my family. I got a chance to go to Europe before this whole, um, you know, coronavirus thing happened, obviously. And, uh, and that was just super cool going there with my family. My dad has um, three older brothers and I have like, 12 guy cousins um, all over than me. So we did a big Mormon guys trip to, uh, to Germany where, you know, my family is, uh, you know, very German. So we got getting a chance to go to Munich and hang out with those guys there. And then um, I went to Paris with a couple of buddies afterwards. That was a super cool experience. And um, yeah, man, I was actually, it was so funny. I, I decided to 
Um, in the meantime, I was going to start coaching some kids in Michigan, helping out and teaching them offensive line stuff. And I was on my way to my first um, client, actually, when all of a sudden, um, you know, Michigan sports canceled the rest of the winter. So everything kind of from then on is, has been a little um, unknown, but I'm just enjoying family time and it's finally nice here in Michigan, as I'm sure it is in Wisconsin, just um, enjoying the Midwest summer before I head to Boston in uh, August. Very nice. Well, that sounds like a you know a great opportunity, and you're enjoying yourself uh, in the meantime. So we wish you the best of luck uh, in that. Let's talk about a little bit. You know, yourself, uh, Jason Erdman, Tyler Biotish, all departing from Wisconsin. So there's going to be some faces to replace up front. Is there a guy that Wisconsin fans should really be on the lookout for on the line? And then is there any other young players or, or players at any position that you've kind of been impressed by? Um, yeah, I mean it's. Obviously, you know Tyler was the, kind of the leader the last last season. He's just been a he's been a staple, and I don't think people you know, people know he's a good player, but I don't think people fully understand like how important he was to our success. You know, the last you know three seasons. I mean, he's just an absolute ultimate team player, absolute field general of the offensive line. He's special, and Erdman's just a physical freak, man. And um, having him next to me from day one, freshman year, we we just grew up together, and playing with him was was so fun. I I, uh, I can't wait to see what he does in the future. Uh, same with Tyler. But I think going forward, um, I'm excited for the whole group. You know, there's a lot of competition coming in. But, um, I mean, obviously, you guys, you know, fans have seen Josh Seltzner and Caden Lyles um, work in the past. And I'm super excited to see what those guys have in store for him. Um, you know, I think I think Caden will have a shot to lock down the center job. Um, and I'm just, like, super excited to see the development that he has and for seeing him kind of step in, step in the new role. And then Seltzner, man, is like most – I, I played with John Deetson, and John Deetson was a freak of nature. But Seltzner is like crazy, man. That dude is just huge. Buffalo dude. head, you know? Yeah, Buffalo head, man. That's I think that's the most fitting nickname of all time because he literally is the biggest head I've ever seen in my entire life. But physically speaking, he's, he's a humble guy and he's a great dude. But um, I'm excited to see what he does. And then obviously Cole's a stud playing next to him. Um, I, he's another person where I don't think fans realize how great, how talented he is. So I'm excited to see him put together a great fifth-year campaign, man, because I think he has the potential to be, you know, one of the best tackles, if not the best tackle in the country. And then Bruss is just like a um, – I mean, I, I'm gonna, I, I think I'm going to give you guys like a full rundown on like almost everybody because I love these guys. and <laughs> I love it. Keep it going, man. That works. Yeah, yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're great. And Bruss is probably the most athletic lineman I've ever played with. He's just um, – He's just so athletic. He can do a variety of different things, and he's so explosive. And um, and he's he's nasty. You know, he's a nice kid. You talk to him. Um, he's like the nicest guy in the world. He's a goofball, but he's a uh, he's literally he plays nasty, and that's that's what you want. And I'm excited to see him take the next step as well. Um, and then as far as like younger, I mean Tyler Beach as well. I forgot about Beecher. Beecher is his set is probably by far the best pass set out of the whole group. Um, and I think he has a real chance to kind of get in the competition this year and shake things up. I'm super excited to see, you know, what he does. I know I actually talked to him the other day. He's he's, he's busting his butt. And I think he's in Ohio with his brother right now, something like that. And there's, you know, pushing trucks and doing flipping tires and doing um, these, like, ridiculous workouts. But um, I'm excited to see him. And then, um, obviously, Logan Brown is a guy who came in, and he's, like, massive. But he was a little, you know, he was – Hurt all last season, didn't really get a chance to see him in action. But, I mean, talk about just being a nice kid and um, really trying to soak up the learning. So I'm excited to see him throw the pads on and um, get after it a little bit. Um, and then you have guys, you know, like uh, Michael Fernie. 
He, um, Fernie is actually probably like the strongest kid besides Seltzner. He's just like, he, he might not look it, but that man is just like a human muscle. It's like his whole body. He's just, he's almost like a power lifter. You know, like what's the, what's the name of the, gosh, you guys know that like Eddie something, he's like huge. He's like British. Like the kid just like pounds Snickers bars. Um, Fernie kind of reminds me of him. Just like a huge, he, to take Eddie Hall. Yeah, Eddie Hall. He reminds me of Eddie Hall, man. Just, he might not look like the, the, the biggest athletic freak in the world, but I tell you what, that kid can move a prowler like anybody else I've ever seen. So, um, I mean, he he, and he was using young the past year, so I'm excited to see him step up in a new role and have the opportunity to show his stuff. And then, you know, this, the rest of the group, Blake Smithback, great kid, Andrew Lyons, great guy. Um, I'm really excited to see those guys, you know, kind of step up and see what happens. And I know there's a, a bunch of new, new faces hopping in the room and um, – they're lucky to have Coach Rudolph, man, because, um, I mean, Coach Rudolph, he, I'm sure you guys have probably talked to the media before. He's a, he's a character, but he's also, like, a genius. He's, he's the smartest, probably the smartest guy I know. Um, and he just, he gets them, he's perfected, you know, a way to get the most out of his players every single year, regardless of the group. And the fact that, you know, these new talented guys are coming in, I'm excited to see what he's going to do with everybody next year. Yeah, Rudy's an exceptionally smart person, and you can just hear that whenever he's talking, and, and also how much he cares about all of you guys uh, in the room. Um, but in, in addition to playing offensive line, you discussed that you dabbled a little bit in blocking tight end. Um, I, I remember you even flashing some nice hands in practice on, on an occasion. Um, <laughs> I think it was like two times Coach Chris actually threw me the ball in practice, and one of them was a touchdown. I had, and it was, it's on video, so I can always show that at least. <laughs> yeah, you got that cut up uh, to always have. Um, but, you know, you had some other guys who kind of also did that once you went to the line. You know, Cormac Sampson, Tyler Beach, each were guys who who are kind of now fighting for spots on the line after kind of taking over that niche last year. What do, what do, you, what do you think you can gain from that experience uh, to, to push forward for next year for them? Well, I honestly think – I think the thing that um, – my biggest takeaway from my experience playing tight end is I think you just earn the coach's trust um, and you also earn the trust of your teammates, you know, because they're not – their natural position isn't tight end. And, yes, Cormac, he, like, played a little bit, but Cormac's the offensive lineman. I, I forgot to mention Cormac. Cormac's going to be a stud, and he's going to be competing for that center job, and he's a super smart kid, so I'm excited to see what he does in the line. But um, both those guys, you know, being flexible enough to go into a new role and, you know, executed really well, especially Cormac. What Cormac did last year is so impressive. He was a young player, you know, probably going into camp. He didn't think he was going to have to play too much. He probably thought he had a, you know, another year to kind of develop. And, you know, because of injury, he was thrown in that role, and he did so well. Um, and I think it really kind of, um, you know, he earned the respect of everybody in the team. I mean, I remember, you know, he's a young guy. He's, he's quiet, keeps to himself. And all of a sudden, he's just throwing his body around, making huge blocks. And he, and he was just, he was a big difference maker. So he earned everybody on the team's respect, which is great going forward. And then obviously the coaches see that. And when you have a guy who does everything you ask him, and he does it well, um, you want to keep creating opportunity for him to get on the field and to make a difference. Um, so yeah, like I'm super. I think going forward this year, if if uh, you know he's going to compete for you know I think the center or guard job or who knows he'll compete on the offensive line, but. Um, Regardless of the starting five guys out there, if he's not out there, or the same thing with Beecher, both these guys are reliable due to or everything that Wisconsin football stands for. Like, you know, it sounds cliche, but, you know, um, smart, tough, dependable. And if you truly are those things, which I think both those guys represent, um, Coach Chris, Coach Rudolph, 
and Coach Turner will find a role for you to get on the field and contribute in a way that can make a true impact in the game. You know, earlier you kind of mentioned uh, Jonathan Taylor stepping up big as a freshman during that Orange Bowl season. You know, himself and like yourself and uh, Biotish and some other guys, they're off to the NFL or onto a new career path. What do you make of, of the running back room next season? Because I would have to imagine you worked with a lot of those guys behind JT, and, and what do you think Badger fans should expect from them? I mean, whoever's going to be back there in you know, the back of next year, I think I think everyone should just be super excited and just um, – I mean, I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm trying to switch into a fan role, which I'm excited to see what happens. But obviously, Groshek's been there a long time, and he's he's you know he's a leader on the team, and he knows his stuff. Um, so I'm excited to see him kind of step up in an even bigger role in the role he's had the past couple of years. And then Nikita Watson, man, he's he's a stud. He makes some plays in practice, and he made a couple in games last year um, that are just you know. I, it's hard to it's hard because JT is like an absolute stud, but Nikita is a very talented back, and I'm super pumped to see what he has in store next year. Um, and then who knows? The rest of the guys in the in the group are are young, and um, um, it's gonna they're gonna have to you know, Coach Settle is a great coach. So I, I keep saying I keep forgetting Coach Settle, but um, you know, Coach Settle, whatever whatever guy he gets back there, he's gonna make plays because Coach Settle coaches him up really well. And then um, I mean, it also helps too when you have you know the two best fullbacks in the country blocking for you on the same team, um, you know, in Mason and, and Chanel. And as long as you have, you know, that group, and those guys are blocking for you, and you have the offensive line up front, um, you know, just, just as long – and you have Coach Settle coaching you, great things are going to happen. So I think Badger fans should be really excited for um, the group of backs we have next year. And, um, yeah, I think they're going to pick off right where JT left off. It's going to be a little different style of running just because, you know, JT's JT, he's a freak of nature, but both these guys are studs, and I'm excited to see what they do next year, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember Nakia running over Leo Chanel in practice and yeah. just completely dropping him in his tracks uh, as he ran through him, and, and that was kind of one of those aha moments that oh, I saw in practice. He's a freak in the weight room. His legs are so strong. He, he runs hard, too, so, he, I mean – He'll run over you, so I'm excited to see him. You know, run some run some more dudes over this year. It's gonna be pretty, I think a couple of times he ran over me because I was pulling too slow. But <laughs> all of a sudden, I get him in the back and it's him because I'm, I'm move, my ass is moving way too slow. But um, I'm excited to see him take the next step next year. And then obviously Grosh, Grosh is a stud and he's a leader on the team, like I mentioned earlier. So he's uh, he's he's always a threat. So I'm excited to see what those two dudes do next year. Uh, speaking of running guys over, you know, you were part of the single greatest formation in football, the Hippo Package. Uh, I know for, for us, B-Fight Q, we absolutely love it because we love fullbacks and we love offensive linemen more than the average uh, coffee, I feel. But, um, can you walk us through that formation? And, and what did you think the first time you guys ran it in practice or, you know, Rudolph drew it up on the board for you or whatnot? Yeah, I mean, they – they I think we had – we put it in. Uh, it's been in for a while. I think it was in, like, a very small goal line package, I think, in 2018, I think maybe in 2017, just a little bit. And Urge was back there with uh, – gosh, Urge was back there with – I forgot who he was back there with, but Urge was back there. Oh, Urge and Bruster were back there together. Back when Bruss, you know, back when, you know, we had Diet at uh, Dave Edwards at right tackle. Um, but it's been in there, but we weren't doing too much out of it. It was kind of just like run straight ahead and hit somebody. And, you know, after the Central Michigan game, um, you know, Bruss got back healthy. And, you know, Coach Rudolph came up to me and was like, hey, man, like, you know, we want to get you on the field in a couple different ways. How do you feel about playing fullback out of the backfield? We're going to put the hippo package in and we're going to – 
we're going to do some crazy stuff with it. And I was like, dude, let's go for it. So, um, I mean, it was so, it was so fun. It was my first time being in the backfield and just, it, it's, it's just, you know, I'm used to having a defensive lineman right in my face and having to like, you know, hit him right away. So having the chance to get a little momentum and go and just like, you know, knock somebody out is, is pretty fun. And, you know, as offensive linemen, you crave contact. So having different forms of contact in my old age as a fifth year, um, Switched up a little bit. It was definitely exciting. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I was also wearing 46 at, at the time, and I was able – I felt like a little more athletic having that number on the back, being able to come out of the backfield. I felt like a true fullback. But, um, man, it was effective, dude. Like, I – we – every time we were in there, we, we got the job done. Um, I think against Northwestern, it was actually like our most successful formation of the whole game. Um, <laughs> probably JT for that one touchdown. But, uh, I mean, having the chance to be on the field in a fourth-and-one situation or on the goal line and have success and, you know, be a, a partial reason why um, we got, you know, JT in the end zone or Mason in the end zone, whoever it was. And, you know, it was, it was pretty fun. I just, I loved doing it. Whatever I could do to help the team was kind of my whole um, mindset through my whole career, and especially, like, doing it in a role like that was something I was super pumped to do. And um, I look back, I'm, I'm proud of it, man. Very nice. Yeah, we are like we like Matt already mentioned. We were big fans of that, and we, we hope to see it some more next year as well. Um, <laughs> it's a great name too, the football packet. Like, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, as a Michigan resident, you know, Michigan's been a place where Wisconsin has really ratcheted up their recruiting efforts, uh, especially of late. What do you think of the inroads that the staff has kind of made in your home state? I, I'm super pumped about it because I, when I got there, I was the first – I was the only Michigan kid on the team um, when I first got there in 2015. Um, I don't know, like, what it was or why, you know, the previous staffs were staying away from Michigan, but there's a ton of good talent in uh, in the whole state. And the fact that uh, Wisconsin came in and was, you know, I like to say – I like to think it started with me. and uh, But, like, definitely this is, you know, having the, having the chance to kind of come in and recruit and bring kids to Madison um, – I mean, it was just super cool to have that pipeline and having kids come up, you know, I think year two, you know, Sky Nelson came and getting a chance to talk to him and, you know, Reggie Pearson and Fernie, all these kids are from Michigan. And then, um, you know, you have AJ Abbott, who actually like went to uh, my high school for a little bit before he transferred his, his senior year. Um, but like having, you know, ties, like all those guys, being able to talk to them about restaurants, Detroit sports. And, um, you know, obviously being from Detroit, you don't, you don't really grow up admiring the Packers too much. So getting the opportunity to kind of whatever, if we ever get a chance to, you know, sometimes the Lions do beat the Packers, it happens. But, like, it doesn't happen often, but it does. And having the chance when it does happen to kind of rub it in, um, pick on the, you know, Wisconsin guys a little bit is kind of fun. But, um, I mean, I'm, I'm just super proud that of, of Michigan high school football. Um, and I'm just super stoked to have, you know, the pipeline kind of open up and more and more Michigan guys um, – you know, committing to Wisconsin just because it's a great university to be. Um, in my opinion, it's the best university in the Midwest. I know a lot of people say that Michigan is or, you know, whatever, but um, Wisconsin, Madison, um, unbelievable place to go to school. Um, and the fact that, you know, more and more people in my area are starting to realize it is super special. Yeah, I mean, Wisconsin now has, uh, you know, in Paul Christ recruiting has brought in 10 guys out of Michigan, yourself included, which is tied for the second most on the entire team, which, so you look at before you came, there was none. And then all of a sudden now you're up to 10. It's, it's pretty crazy to see how, how that's changed. Um, yeah. In terms of recruiting, um, 
as a former player, how closely do players on the team actually follow it? And, you know, obviously there's rules about tweeting at players and whatnot, but um, do you guys usually get excited by, like, a big recruiting win? Like, today was Daryl Peterson. Is that something that the team knows and is excited about and and, um, hyped about as well? Yeah, I mean, um, I definitely think it's just kind of individual, like, whatever – um, it's, it's, it's personal preference. You know, I always like to stay um, stay involved and see the guys who are coming through just because I, I really enjoyed and had fun doing it. But for the most part, you know, you, you meet kids. You don't really meet anybody or know what's going on until they show up for visits. And then, you know, after games or if they come up for an unofficial official, you get a chance to talk to them and just um, hang around with kids for a little bit. And, you know, when you get the opportunity to meet somebody, I'm, I love, you know, meeting people face-to-face and getting the chance to talk to them, see where they're from, like meet their family. Um, and when you get that, you definitely, you know, you start to you start to build relationships with people. So you, I, I, whenever I met a kid on a visit, I'd always follow them on Twitter because um, I'm, a, I mean, I was a lot of follow them because I met them, and um, you know, you kind of start to hear their story, and then you definitely keep up with it because um, you know if they're getting invited to come to Madison, you know they're a good player, and they coaches think they can help us in the future. So I was always super interested in it. I used to always get excited when an offensive lineman would commit, just because you know they're going to be spending you know the next you know, how many years with me in the offensive line room. And, you know, as offensive linemen, you definitely try to pride yourself on having a close-knit brotherhood in that room where everyone can kind of hang out. And cause you're grinding, you know, all week together, all year together. So definitely, you know, I pay attention to that. And then, obviously, you want to know who you're going to block for. So whenever you get, you know, a new receiver, um, a new running back, a new quarterback commit, um, it's definitely exciting to just kind of see, you know, who they are, um, see, you know, the kids are going to be coming in because you never know who's going to step up because you never know who's the next Jonathan Taylor is going to be. Even though I don't think there will be a next Jonathan Taylor. But um, some some freshman, I guarantee you, this year will step up and have a huge role in the team. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely kept up with it. Um, I know a lot of guys on the team did. Um, it's kind of fun, like, now that I'm, I'm a fan, I'm kind of – I feel like I'm back in high school, like, looking at all the recruiting pages again, which is kind of funny. But, um yeah, man, it's it's definitely something that um, I I know is exciting for guys when when you see a big name kind of commit. I remember it was a big deal when um, you know Joe Tidman came, uh, Logan Brown. I because you know I was going to be a senior, and then obviously guys like Graham when they commit, that's a pretty big deal and kind of hard to miss. Um, so yeah, stuff like that is just super cool to follow. Most definitely. All right, well, that kind of wraps up all the questions we've got, David. Once again, uh, thank you for joining us, and uh, best of luck in the new career path when you get out to, to Boston this August. I appreciate that, guys. Thank you. I, I had a good time talking. Badger. Uh, all right, Badger fans. Well, that wraps up another episode of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. We'll be back with you later in the week. And as always, on Wisconsin. Thank you.